Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. If you want to go with me together this morning, let's go to 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter number 2. I have, last week was my first week back with you, and I have so enjoyed being in the presence of the Lord and in the presence of God's people. And today I want to pick up, actually, uh, I started a series in January, and uh, had a little time to think between that sermon and the next sermon, and so we're going to pick it up <laughs> You know, last time we began in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, and we talked about the power of His forgiveness. Hmm. We talked about the fact that if we confess our sin, He is faithful. There's a good word for you today. He is faithful and He's just to forgive us of our sin. That word forgive is really about it being canceled. When something is canceled, we are released from the obligation and we are released from the responsibility. I want to tell you, if you've come to Jesus Christ and you've asked him to forgive your sin, it's canceled. You say, but I can remember it. Oh, but he chooses, the Bible says, not to remember anymore been canceled you know growing up at home with my parents sure my parents were not very much different than your parents in a lot of ways and there were some I remember some foods that my parents liked to eat one of those things that uh, I remember my parents really enjoying was a thing called pickled beets. Yep. Now, many of you may not have an opinion on pickled beets, but I can tell you definitely I have an opinion. I remember one day when my father was enjoying his pickled beets, he said, you really need to try them. I said, no. He said, no, you need to try, really, just, just, a, just try a little bite. It will not hurt you. Not sure what I was thinking, but I gave in. Not sure what will happen that day, but I do remember the fact that when I put it in my mouth, immediately and without reservation and I just want you to know if you're here and you love pickle beets we'll have prayer for you when the service is over I could <laughs> tell you that <laughs> I remember without reservation the only thing that I could think is how can I get this out of my mouth right now I mean anywhere you get oh yuck 
didn't care what anybody saw, anybody thought. The only thing I could think of was getting that as far away from me as I could. Now, the reality is that's probably been 45 years ago, and I will tell you, I haven't tried them since. And if the Lord allows me to live another 45 years, there's probably another line with that. I probably will not try them again either. You ever had something in your life you tasted and you just couldn't stand it? Y'all have your pickled beets, your thing that's like those pickled beets. You know, there are many things that we are not too dogmatic about, but when it comes to what we put inside our mouths that we don't like, there's nobody that can talk us into it. Look at 1 John with me. Let's go there. 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate. Thank you, Jesus. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. John is writing something to us, my friends, that is far worse than the taste of my father's pickled beets. You see, the taste of those, though I have the memory, the taste is far gone. John writes to us today about something that the, the after effects are not over in moments, something we call sin. John leaves behind the thought of forgiveness of salvation and 1 John 1 and 9 is where we were last week and he moves us on into chapter 2 and he moves us on into the thought of living in the miracle of forgiveness. And he has declared the words to us that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. And he says, and now I write this to you so that you will not sin. The point is to avoid sin. Some words that are used to describe throughout the scriptures our avoidance of sin are words like flee, abstain, resist, stand against, don't give in to, have nothing to do with. Though it is a very frail example. It is the same as the thought of how I disdain pickled beets. He says, I want you to avoid sin. It's the thought that our spirit man would expel anything that does not taste like the righteousness of God. John wrote the words, we should not 
sin because sin, hear me this morning, and I know this morning this may not be um, politically or culturally correct, but we're going there anyways. Sin is not the character of a new creation. It's the character of my old nature. It is not the character that glorifies God. It's the character that glorifies my flesh. What do the scriptures say about sin and its avoidance in our life? And this morning, I I really want to encourage you to follow along through the scriptures because I want to share a lot of scripture because truthfully on this matter, it really doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what somebody socially thinks. It doesn't matter what the world may think. What matters is we need to hear from God and his word on this issue and find out what God has to say for us. James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist. Somebody say resist. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resistance. Repelling sin. Avoiding sin of the devil. Don't let it get cozy. Don't let it get comfortable around you. Have the mindset of resistance. Have you ever resisted anything? Have your children ever resisted anything? If you're married, have you ever resisted anything? We all understand what it means to resist, don't we? I'm not doing that. You ever heard the phrase, you can't tell me what to do. I'm not doing that. Resistance. He says, resist the devil. We live in a day of accommodation. Listen, believers, you've never been called to accommodate. Mm, It's going to be quiet in the house today, isn't it? You've never been called to accommodate the world nor sin. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take, here it is, you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Take a stand against sin. Take a stand against the. Do not accommodate. Do not tolerate. Let there be no, no tolerance for sin in your life. Romans 6, 11 through 14. In the same way, count yourselves. Notice these phrases in this passage. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Notice this. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather yourselves to God 
as those who've been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Notice this phrase, for sin shall no longer be your master. That's an important line, isn't it? Sin shall no longer be your master. You remember when sin was your master? You remember when sin was uh, that stronger force instead of the spirit inside of you? He says, for you no longer under the law. We can never keep up to the law. We can never meet the standard of the law. But he says, you are under grace, the miracle of grace. Galatians 5 and 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Notice this phrase, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. How many of you know it's easy to sin? It's not like it's something you have to learn how to do. And is it amazing we can make good excuses for our sin? He says, don't look for ways that you can gratify the desires of the flesh. We are to choose to let the Spirit override the flesh and not give way to our flesh, not give into the flesh. It's the idea of avoiding, resisting, and not giving into. 1 Peter chapter 5. Verses 8 and 9, be alert and sober-minded. For your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Here's the words, resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of suffering. Ephesians 4 and 27, and do not give the devil a foothold. That word foothold, another word we could use to describe that is the word opportunity. Do not give him an opportunity in your life. Oh, aren't we good at giving opportunities? I can handle, well, you know, I saw them do it. I saw Keenan. I saw Ford. Ah, uh, yeah, I can do that. Scripture says, don't give the enemy a foothold. You know, what might not be an issue for Kenan may be a really big issue for you. Don't give the enemy an opportunity. I will tell you, we often give the devil a foothold through our excuses. Well, I'm just weak. In that area. Hmm. Lord, help us to start speaking your word and not our feelings. Because the scripture never says I'm weak in that area. The scripture says when I am weak, I am strong because of him who lives inside of me. The scripture says nothing will overtake us. Except what's coming, but God, we're going to get there in a minute. God will provide a way of escape. I will tell you this, you've heard the old phrase, if we give him an inch, he'll take a what? Mile. Well, I've, I've just always struggled with that. Isn't it time to be over? 
Instead of talking that way, may we ought to talk, Lord, I thank you for the victory you're giving me. Even in the midst of the fight, even in the midst of the battle, it may be raging all around me, but you are, we sang it earlier, you are my victory. You are my victory. You are my hope. You are my strength, my God. Do not give him an opportunity. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, I just referenced it. It says, no temptation. You ever been tempted? Oh, come on now. You're in church. (laughs) If you've been tempted, raise your hand. There you go. We've all been there, haven't we? No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. I'm glad he didn't leave it there. Because he wanted to say, and... God is faithful. (laughs) He, oh, here's a good word. For all those who say, I just can't overcome sin. Here's the word for you you need to hear today. He will not, notice that, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, listen, it's not an if You will be tempted. I will be tempted. But when you are tempted, here's the good. He will provide a way out. Is that not a picture of grace? Is that not a picture of mercy? He knows we're going to be tempted. He says, I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can overcome. And when you are tempted, I'll make a back door for you. I'll make a way of escape so that you can endure it. John wrote in verse 1, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. The psalmist David said something very similar in Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Joseph, in the book of Genesis, chapter 39, while being mistreated and abandoned and tempted, said these words in verse 9, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? One of the tragedies of humanity is that we make excuses. You ever made an excuse? You're going 50 and a 35. Your excuse may be, I wouldn't pay any attention. But we're quick to make excuses. Why are you late? Well, blah, 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 blah. You go back to Genesis and man falls into sin. The first thing the man does, he said, it was the woman. Mankind since then has been trying to blame his wife for everything else. It's the woman you gave. And she wasn't going to let it be. Eve says, it was the serpent. (laughs) We've been making excuses from that point on for why our sin is okay. Listen, friends. Grace is not a means of a license 
Grace is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. I fear that we often mistreat grace. Grace is not a oops-I-did-it-again mind frame. Grace is not, oh, he is forgiving and I know he'll forgive me if I do it. Grace is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Grace is not an excuse for sin. In fact, if you go on in the passage, he says, should we go on sinning so that grace will abound? He says, absolutely not. Grace is precious. Grace is holy. Grace is a miracle. Grace is your lifeline to God. Because of the miracle of grace, my friends, our past can be canceled. Grace means we're not made better. Grace means we are made brand new. If we confess, he cancels. Grace is so precious, so costly. No wonder he exhorted us to stay away from sin. May God give us, but I will couple with this, may God give us and may you and I decide to have a holy and a righteous disdain for sin. I want to encourage you to get away from the mentality, well, everybody sins. Get away from the mentality of it's not about if but when. I will tell you that's not what the Bible teaches, but that's what man teaches. Now you're really getting quiet on me. The Bible says don't make any opportunities for sin. The Bible says when we're tempted to sin, God will come along beside us and provide a way of escape so that we can endure it. The Bible says resist. The Bible says stand against, avoid, have nothing to do with sin. But I have to tell you, just that stand is not the total picture of the gospel. Because as John writes, we find that God does give remedy if we do sin. Look at verse 1. But if anybody does sin, you'll notice his language. He's not saying, but when you sin, but if. It is the exception, not the norm. I would say something is not right if you are living in habitual, regular sin. Something is not right in your relationship with Christ. He says, but, but if we do, he says, I, I'm telling you, do not sin, but, but if we do sin, we have an advocate. I think the longer I live, the more I am blown away by the thought of what grace really is. You can't get a better picture of grace than verse 1. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. 
That's the power of grace. That's the miracle of grace. If anybody does sin, we are not left to ourselves. We're not written off. Our names aren't ripped out of the page. We have an advocate that pleads our case with the Heavenly Father. Jesus is the one who came to take away our sin. Jesus is the one who came to die upon the cross. And now he's the one that pleads the case of forgiveness power in our lives. Think of it for a moment. He stands poised and he stands ready. He's ready in position to plead our case. Even when we don't deserve it. One of the lies of the enemy is to get people when they have sinned to not come back to call on Christ. Well, I'm just too terrible. I'm just not good enough of a person. I, I've let him down and I've not been what I needed to be and therefore they stay outside when he's saying, won't you just come back? Won't you just come back? Won't you just come back? He says, there's grace. My grace is sufficient for your life. He is an advocate that stands before the Father on our behalf. Galatians 6 and verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore. I'm thankful for that word, restore. You who are spiritual should restore that person gently. But notice his prompting, just but watch yourselves. Or you may also be tempted. God provides a miracle for us. It's called grace. Grace should never be taken lightly. Grace ought to be honored because it is the overwhelming good news for us that if we sin, if we sin, we have an advocate. You see, when we get in trouble, when we get in trouble, we try to get a hold of somebody who can change something for us. We get in trouble, first thing you want to do is call your lawyer or you want to call a policeman you know or you say, oh, well, I know somebody somewhere. Aren't we always wanting to know somebody somewhere? Well, well, I know. You know what? I may not know them, but my dad knows them or my sister knows them or my brother knows them. Because we think somehow that person can help our situation change. You have no graver advocate in your life than Jesus Christ. Because today he's not on earth. He's not a political government. He is standing on the throne today right beside the Father. And he's pleading. He's pleading our case to the Father. For it is by grace, Ephesians 2 and 8 says, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Hmm. Several years ago, Larnell Harris sang these words. Were it not for grace, I can tell you where I'd be. Wandering down some pointless road to nowhere. Y'all ever been on a pointless road to nowhere? 
with my salvation up to me. I know how that would go. The battles that I would face. Forever running, but losing the race. Were it not for grace. If we sin, we have an advocate. Don't run away from him, run to him. Don't stay outside. Don't let the devil tell you you're not worthy to return. He says, my blood that I apply for you makes you worthy. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that you and I might become the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we sin... If we sin. Have you ever had people in your life who have uh, been repeat offenders in your life? It's kind of almost like their calling in your life is to make your life miserable. They offend, come back and say, well, I'm sorry. They offend, well, I'm sorry. They offend. And how many of you know that you're like the person at the other end of the row, about the 10th time, and you might not even get to 10, you say, oh, whoa, 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 wait just a minute. Isn't that what you said last week? And we come to the place where like, I'm not so sure I'm ready to extend mercy to you because you just keep coming back. I would tell you this, don't let the devil ever lie to you and tell you you can't come back to the Father. Run to him. Run to him and call out for mercy. Run to him because he is our advocate. That's his responsibility. That's his task. That's his job. He is the one that stands between you and God. And he pleads your case. He says, Father, I died for that sin. I died for that wrong choice. I, I died for the sin in their life. Lord, forgive them. Run to God. Run to God. Run to God. Hebrews 4, verses 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. I love this part right here. For we do not have a high priest who is, una who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are. About the time you think that God doesn't understand what you're going through. Jesus says, I've been there. I've done that. We have one who is tempted in every way just as we are. Here's the good news. But he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. 
so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We don't have one who's unable to empathize. He understands. He understands what temptation is like. He understands what temptation brings to our lives. Because he too was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet, yet, no wonder he was able to go to the cross, yet he chose not to sin. Actually, what that spoke to me this week as I read through that passage is I do have a choice, and sin is a choice, and it's up to me. I don't have to sin. You can say, well, he was the Son of God. He was Jesus. He had a choice. He was fully God and fully man. He had a choice. He didn't have to go to the cross. He didn't have to go the way. He had a choice. He was tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Because of that truth, let you and I now approach the throne of grace and mercy. Mercy and grace is available when we need it. God's unmerited, loving favor for you and for me. The world we live in today is... uh, cesspool for sin. And I don't mean that just as a dogmatic phrase. I mean that as a reality. It is a cesspool of sin. It is all around us. It's all around us. It's all around us. He's calling you to be a person That though you are in the world, the world is not in you. So not long ago, an article, and they were talking about the fact of how great ships get in the water, but the water doesn't get in the ship. You and I are going to be in the world, but the world's not to get into us. But I will tell you that in this world today, it is a very acceptable thing for us in the church world, to make excuses for our sin, to justify our sin, to uh, make allowances for our sin. He's not called us to sin. John said, I write this to you so you will not sin. That's the point. That's the point of a new nature. That's the point of being a changed man. You see, when, when Paul and I, we will soon celebrate our 32nd anniversary, when we got married, 
I said, I'm not going with anybody else. I'm not dating anybody else. I'm not riding in the car with another lady. I'm not going to sit in a room with another lady. Because I committed to her. I don't know how long it's been since you committed to Jesus. But I want to encourage you. Don't mix with anything else. Stay away from sin. Avoid sin and its ways. Be faithful to your first commitment. Do not sin. But if you do sin, run, run, run to the throne of grace. You're not written off. Run to the throne of grace that you may receive help and mercy when you need it. Father, I am amazed at your mercy and grace. Lord, I pray I'll never get over grace. I'll never get used to grace. I'll never get used to your kindness and your mercy to me. God, help me to never forget where you brought us from. God, help us to live in the life. God, you know what's around us every day. You know how we are bombarded every day with sin and the allurement of sin. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll give us the strength to resist. Holy Spirit, you live inside of us. Oh, Lord, we pray the Holy Spirit will have freedom to call us to resist sin, to stand against it. Father, I ask today, I ask today, for those who need mercy and grace, Lord, I pray today you would grant grace and mercy. Father, for those who are dealing with areas of hidden sin, it's been hidden from everybody except you, Lord. And in the beginning it seemed okay, but they're not so okay now on the inside. pray today, Father, for those who have been forgiven, but yet they still don't allow the power of grace to let it go. I pray today they'll find freedom in you because you've canceled it. We're no longer under obligation for our past sin.
Father, I pray today for those who need forgiveness and cleansing. Lord, would you come in? Would you wash us and make us clean? In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Jesus. Jesus. Today, my friend, if you need forgiveness, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do something to make yourself worthy. All you got to do is ask him. Today, I'd like to lead us in a prayer across this house. And I would tell you, let's. I think we can all relate to the phrase, but if we sin. We understand what that means, don't we? I want to tell you there's grace and mercy today. And those of you who are watching online, I want to tell you today is grace and mercy is available for you. And I want to lead us in a prayer today and across the room because, listen, the scripture said temptation is common to all of us. To all of us, I want us to pray together today. If you're watching a line in this room, I want to lead us in a prayer. I want to encourage you to pray this from your heart today. Would you join me in prayer? And repeat after me. Pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I ask you today to forgive my sin. I choose today to turn from my sin. I choose today to turn to you. I choose today to believe you can forgive me and you're willing. So in this moment, would you forgive my sin and cleanse me in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to ask you to do something this morning in closing. I'd like to ask you for all the believers who it is your desire to live a life for him completely and wholly, to live faithfully for Jesus. Would you come and join me and stand around the front? Just wherever you got. If you'll just come, you say, that's my desire today. I just want to live for him faithfully. I want to serve him all the days of my life. I want to live for him. I want to be faithful to him. Just come in as close as you can, if you will. Just move. I'd like for as many to be able to come around the front to do so. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Phil Seward, would, would you join me? If you grab your microphone, I'm not going to ask you to sing, so don't get nervous. <laughs> Just keep coming in close around the front.
I'd like for you to come and be together because, listen, this is not something that we're just going through by ourselves, but we're all going through this. We all understand what temptation is and its allurement in our lives. I've watched over the years uh, Phil and I have become good friends over the years, but I've watched transformation in Phil's life. Um, I've watched Jesus take him, if you will, from glory to glory to glory. Phil, I'd like to ask you to pray for us today. And I'd like to ask you to pray for us that we'll determine to avoid sin. As a body of believers, and as he leads us in a prayer, I'd like to encourage you to pray along with him. Lord, I choose to resist in Jesus' name. I choose to resist and avoid. I'm going to live for you all the days of my life. I'm going to faithfully, I don't care what I did last week, I'm going to faithfully serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Phil, would you lead us in prayer? Father, we just come together today as a body, Lord. We come together leaning upon you because yes. we know that we live in a world that is, is uh, as Pastor said, full of sin and only getting worse. But we know, Father God, that you have given us a, a power that, from the Holy Spirit that would give us the authority to cast out sin, Father God, and yes. to not go that direction. Father, we all have temptation, and you've told us that temptation will come to us, as Pastor said today, Lord. But, Father, we pray that when that temptation comes, that we would run to you, Father God. Yes. We would run to you because you are the source of our power, Father yes. God. You are the, the one that will help us, Father, to, to avoid the sin. Each yes. one of us has our own individual thing that we have temptation with, Father God. But that, that temptation that we have, Father, is, is, is powerless when it comes to you, Father God. Yes. You have the authority. Yes. You have the authority over everything in this earth, Father. Yes. And if we turn to you, that we would be saved and we would run away from that, Father God. I pray, Father God, that in every time that we have that temptation, Lord, that, that, that you would be the first thing to come to our mind, Father. Yes. That we would be uh, in the word every day, Father God, because we know that your word is truth and we know that that is the power that we can also have, Father God. Yes. I pray that we would immediately run to you, Lord, and that we would be like Joseph, Father God, and run the other direction when temptation came. That is the only answer, Lord. There is no other answer. Yes. There is no other solution. We can't logic it. We can't will it on our own. We can't do it on our own because we are weak and we need you every day, Father. So I pray, Father God, that we would turn to you whenever that temptation comes, Father, that we would lean on your, uh, your will and your ability for us, Father. You are the hope that we have for a future. Yes. And no matter what the world does, no matter what happens in it, Lord, we can trust you. Your word is true, yes. and we are faithful, Father, to believe that, and that we would come out on the other end, Lord Jesus. Yes. And Father, we know that uh, as well, Lord, that when we do stumble, that's not the end. As Pastor said, the, the enemy wants us to the enemy wants us to run away. The enemy wants us to go the other direction and and just forget about it, walk away from our faith. But we know we know that that's not the answer, and we know, Father God, that we can come to you, and that your arms would be wide open for us, Lord. Yes. Your, your grace is immeasurable. Your love for us is immeasurable. Your, your mercies for us is immeasurable, Lord. Yes. 
all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is come back and trust and just lean upon you. I pray, Father God, that everyone in this church, Lord, would remember that every day, Father. Every day they would remember the love that they have, that you have for them, Father. I pray that no temptation would come across them, Lord, that uh, they can't find deliverance from, Lord. Yes. I pray your power, your strength, and everything, Father God, upon them today. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Today I speak the blessing of the power of His grace over your life. I speak the blessing over you today that you'll have a greater avoidance of sin than you've ever known in all the days of your life. I speak the blessing of His love, His mercy, His compassion that are never failing over you today. May God the Father fill you with the holy avoidance and disdain for sin. May God fill you with the holy passion to stand against sin and to stand for righteousness. May God the Father fill you with His power May you walk in a new strength. May you walk in a new resolve. May you walk in a new mind. May you walk with a greater passion for God than you've ever known before in your life. May your days that are yet to come be greater for God than your days that are behind you. May God give you a deeper passion for His Word and for prayer and for His people than you've ever known in your life. I speak the blessing of the Lord. I speak His Word over your life and over your heart. That today it will not just come to your ears, but it will come to your heart. And you'll never again be the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said in agreement? Amen. So be it. So be it. In the name of the Lord. I love y'all. Stand strong. Be steadfast. Paula talked about it earlier. The best is yet to come. Oh, how wonderful it's going to be. May the Lord bless you. May His grace be yours. And may the joy of the Lord every day be your strength. God bless y'all. Have a great week in Jesus. God bless.